Hey, this is Linda. Catch my show. It's all about kids and the kids and you. Bi-weekly on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Central Time starting May 21st. On this show, we will discuss issues that concern kids and adults because of things that may have happened to them when they were a kid. You can expect to hear from children and professionals discussing these common issues that they may face today. Our mission is to bring healing to children, families, and our community. Our goal is to save lives. This show will change your life. Catch my show bi-weekly on Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. It's all about kids and the kid in you. You have just tuned in to It's All About Kids and the Kid That's in You. Now, you might wonder why the name of the show is what it is. Well, it wasn't my idea. It was the True and Living God's idea. As you know, if you've been listening at the show, I actually wrestle with the fact of even having this show. But for over a year, I was burdened about children. And because of everything that's going on in our world, the suicides that are off of the charts, the mass shootings that we're having, uh, just everything in our world, kids, uh, uh, drugs and, and alcohol and everything that is going on in our world concerning kids, I was called to do this show. And so we have been talking about what is really, really plaguing, I think everyone, not just kids, we've been talking about mental illness. And what is mental illness? Mental illness are diseases or conditions that affect how you think how you feel, how you act, or relate to other people or to your surroundings. And they are very common. Many people have one or know someone who has one. But what we want to focus on today, we want to focus on the foundation of a child. How can parents give their children or their child a sound mental foundation? But before we get into that, we are excited about our guest today. Today, we have Mr. Mario Choice, who is with us. And I just want to tell you a little bit about this young man. Uh, he's the LPD director of Hope Form, and he's going to tell you about Hope Form. Uh, former assistant principal former athletic director and varsity basketball and track coach, former youth pastor, former youth social worker, former behavior technician, and he's also an ordained pastor. And we feel very blessed to have him on the show today because he is going to be able to speak to a lot of the different things that we are discussing. He's also worked with youth for over 30 years, a graduate of HBCU, Langston University, born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Mario, L 
LDP Program Director, Morningside Campus, 865 East Ramsey Avenue, Fort Worth, Texas. And what's so impressive about what he does is that he works for Hope Form. And I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Hope Form. I've had the opportunity and the blessing to be able to visit there and what they do is very impressive but uh, he's in the leadership program and what he does he guides at-risk boys to become Christ-centered men of integrity and I mean that statement right there says a lot first of all they're Christ-centered and then they teach them to be men of integrity that is very very impressive and what I love about it is that in, all, in doing all this, it says that we build, you guys build young men. So go ahead and say hello to the listening audience and uh, give a shout out to where you work and whatever. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you, Miss Linda, for allowing me to come on your show. It's, it's a privilege. And also, too, I'm very elated that you call me a young man. So we're already on the right page right now. And so I thank you for saying that. And so, But I'm just a pleasure to be here today. And um, like Miss Linda has um, eloquently said, I've been working with young men for th over 30 years. And um, when I heard of the opportunity to talk about what's a good foundation for a young man, um, I jumped at this opportunity because I like I said, I've been working with kids for 30 years in every aspect from elementary to high schools to uh, therapeutic settings to juvenile centers and it was something that I didn't want to do honestly I was 18 years old my first job was working with uh, a college camp for kids it was called college for kids and I was like okay I'm just doing this for some summer money <laughs> and now 18 years uh, to, to now I'm 48 30 years 30 years later I'm still doing similar the same thing and so but like like I say thank you for the opportunity to be able to come um, Hope Farm I'm very appreciative of Hope Farm for, like Miss Linda talked about Hope Farm we deal with young men that come from single parent homes um, and these single parent homes are where the female is the head of household and one of the things that we try to do is to meet them where they at when they get there and to build a foundation from that point. And people have to understand that you have different cultures, you have different mindsets, you have different past of their parents. And so we're diff dealing with different types of uh, entities of these young men because they're coming from different different pages. You know, it might be dad might have got killed or dad might be in prison or dad is in his life but he's just not there every day. Or mom might have mental illness herself or mom might have been on drugs. So so many different variants to what we're dealing with and so what we try to do is build a, a uh, platform a foundation excuse me for every kid now with that being said every kid is not the same well we're going to get into all of that <laughs> i mean you have said a mouthful i do want to uh introduce my assistant coordinator which is miss jean jones Thank you. uh she has also a passion for children and you know it's interesting how you think that your life is going to go one way and you're going to be because i've been working with women i've been having women uh mother day teas and style shows and all of that and as he began to put the burden on my heart for children i'm like no it's not me and and, and this went on for one year and here we are today yes. um so what we're going to do today is we're going to get into uh how important it is that we build or we have a solid mental foundation with kids. Ms. Jean Jones, do you want to say something <laughs> before we get started? 
Well, I, not really. I, I would like to hear what Mario has to say, and then I'll see if I have some questions for him as we hear more about what they do and how the program works. Yeah. Okay. And I do charge $2 per question. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Mario, last week mm -hmm. we started talking about the foundation, uh, how important it is that a child have a foundation. Yeah. And so the scripture that we came from was Proverbs 6 and 22 where it says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is not old, when he is old he will not depart from it. Yes. So what that tells me and let me just say this because uh, according to scripture we are born into an evil world. Is that not right? That's correct. Okay. And so if you just let your child just, if you make sure that, because most of us, we make sure we feed them, we make sure they have clothes, we make sure that they have a place to stay, and then after that, it's like, okay, so what do we do next? Yes. And I can, I can identify that with that even in raising my boys that I raised. Mm -hmm. But luckily enough, I had been introduced to God. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is that we are born into an evil world. Yes. And so you actually have to do something. You have to actually train your kids. So talk a little bit about that. Well, um, just to give you a little bit of history behind it, uh, because things have changed over the years. If you go back to the 1800s and the 1900s, you didn't have all the distractions that you have right now. So if you feed your child, make sure they go to bed at night, make sure they know how to wash up, th those basic essentials, you probably won't have a successful child. As the years um, start to come to pass, and now you have social media and these different variants on the outside and different distractions, I don't want to call it, well, there are distractions, um, that, that can actually influence us. You have more influences now. And, and talk about those influences. influences what are uh, they? Oh, social I know what they are. Oh, yeah, but social media, uh, you know, you, you can watch TV. I remember when I was younger, TV used to go off. And so now you have a world, you have you watch Netflix and kids are unsupervised. And a lot of times parents just give a kid a cell phone. We used to call it the digital babysitter. Mm -hmm. You give a kid a cell phone, an iPad. And so all those distractions years ago when I was, I was I'm a 70s baby. Um, I know I don't look like it, but now I'm a 70s baby. And so um, we didn't have all those distractions. So parents honestly didn't have to do the things that they're doing now versus back then. Right. Um, now you have to be more diligent with saying, okay, what are you watching? What's on your cell phone? Who are your friends that you're talking to? Um, that you know, they can they can talk to a friend in California. They can talk to a friend in this place because of cell phones. We didn't have that luxury. You know, you barely got on the phone if you could. You know, if right. Mama let you get on the phone, you call a friend across town, and if you called out of town, they would know it because the bill would be so high. You remember that? That was a long yeah, time ago. Party lines. Back yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. So everybody knew your business. Yeah, and so you you didn't get to talk. So you had more influences. So. Um, that's really starting to to hinder right rather uh, than the help. foundations mm -hmm. and so what happens is you can have a kid in a two-parent home parents not on drugs uh, parents not doing what I call the stereotypical things what we think is going to set the child up for failure mm -hmm. and if they're not monitoring their child you're going to see a child that's going to get into so many things you're going to say what happened so what I heard you say you said that a parent parents that are not on drugs yes so you're saying that the typical parent that is trying to raise their child in the right way, mm -hmm. they have to do what? They have to be diligent and really watching what their child is doing and seeing what is going into the ear gate and eye gate of their child. We now, talked about that yeah. last week. Now, we do understand when they go to school, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to monitor them at school. However, 
you have to be consistent with telling them, okay, son, son or daughter, this is why I don't want you watching this. This is why you shouldn't do this. Now, as kids, we're going to do some dumb things. Curiosity. We did some stupid stuff. And I'm going to be interrupting you yeah. to clarify things. Okay. So, you said that we actually have to monitor them. Oh, yeah. When I say monitor... I don't necessarily mean the, the, the mommy dearest type of monitoring. <laughs> I mean the type of monitoring like, okay, son, okay, what is this that you're looking at? Mm -hmm. Okay, why do you like watching this? Having a conversation. And then also, too, if it's something that's going to be a hindrance to their mental and emotional health, tell that child. Now, that child might not receive it, but the Bible says train up a child in where they should go when they're old and not depart from it. And so what happened with that kid, you're laying a foundation. He will remember or she will remember. Yes. Okay, I remember my dad did say this, my mom did say this, and they might even get into some mischief. However, mm -hmm. they will return to the foundation. Yes. Eventually. And that's why that's what I pray is. You also want to monitor who they're friends with, yeah. where they are, you know, when they leave the house, where they're going, what they're doing on that phone, who they're in contact with. There's a lot of things parents have to monitor now that they didn't have to when we were growing up. Yeah. It's really a different world. It, and it takes some work. I'm going to be honest with you. Being a parent, Diligence. it takes a lot of work, especially with all the distractions that you have. Yes. Um, now you have this, this new generation, and not to put a blanket statement on everyone, that, oh, your child needs that liberty or that freedom. To say... To, to, to do whatever and kind of let them kind of do what they want to do. I don't believe in that. Right. I believe that I'm going to monitor the things that you do. I'm going to let you know what, what's going to hinder your progress. But then also, too, in my home, there's some things I'm not going to allow. Right. And what we've done is, no, you're not giving them the freedom. And then next thing you know, they get into all this different mischief and all these different types. And of you know things. you're in the Bible again because in Proverbs, it talks about that uh, a child left by themselves. Yeah. But a child left to himself bringing his mother to shame. Yeah. And so somebody asked me this past week. They watched the show. And they asked me, they said, well, uh, I see that you be talking about different things that's in the Bible. Well, for, for those of you that don't know, this show is based on a biblical as well as a clinical standpoint. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because who know us better than the person that made us? Yes. God made us. He is our creator. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, you need to go back to the maker. And when you go back to the maker, you're going back to the manual. You're going back to the Bible. What does the Bible say about how we are supposed to be raising our kids? That's true. Because what I told my kids is that you need to begin to talk to your son about, about God, about the Bible. Yeah. I said, because you don't want him just to just grow up and he doesn't know who God is. You need to take him to church yeah. so he'll know who God is. Because I'm, each one of us that sit around this table who are very successful, and for the most part, we're mentally uh, stable and sane, we, were, we know about God. Yeah. And I know that if it had not been for God on my side, mm -hmm. because I've shared on this show, I was sexually abused, uh, and I went through some things. I was bullied by my sister. And so if it had not been for God on my side, I would not be the person who I am today. So you cannot, and you're, you're saying this in everything that you're, you're putting out here, you cannot just leave a child to their self and not train them. Yeah. 
And and when you train them, you're actually doing what? Well, when you when you train them, child, you're setting the foundation. Yes. You're setting the foundation for the for the remainder of their life. Um, like I said, hope form is one of the things that we try to instill, is that you need to start teaching them the ground level things. You know, it's it's all biblical. I know. Talking about the Bible these days is um, somewhat of uh, something that people don't like to do. They don't like to go back to the actual manufacturer who created the thing. And so people frown up when you say biblical. But however, that is what is going to work. What happened when they took uh, the Bible out of schools? Well, I believe um, when you when you take that out of school, you take a foundation. Right. Take a foundation. Right. Um, people do have the right to select what they want to however the introduction i feel like you should give them the opportunity right. to say they don't want it right what they did is we took it away we're not going to even give you the opportunity to say right it. and so that's what happened and so we know that that become an issue um in, in our schools and one of the things i tell people all the time i said you know it's, it's a, the biblical uh, story if your man builds a house on sand mm-hmm Eventually, when the storm comes through, it's going to knock it down. Mm -hmm. But if it's on solid foundation, and what you want to do, you want to build it on solid foundation. And one of the things, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead, uh, uh, jumping ahead of ourselves, but we have to prepare our kids for the transitions of life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've seen is that I used to love Sesame Street as a kid. Uh, Sesame Street kind of raised me. It wasn't anything else I could look at. That's what raised my. <laughs> That's what raised. Now, this is this is the only thing I say about Sesame Street. It painted a picture that when we got in school, we said, "Wait a minute, he's not sharing." Wait a minute, she <laughs> threw some paper at me. Wait a minute, my in-laws, I mean, my cousins are mean. So it didn't prepare you for those transitions. I tell moms all the time, they say, my son was sweet before he went to school. Well, what happened is, mom, you were his whole world at home. It right. was just you and him. Right. And y'all joking. And he goes to school, and he sits down next to Johnny, and Johnny said, you can't have my crayons. And he goes home and says, mom, I did everything that you told me to do with Johnny, and he still won't share his crayons. Then he goes back to school the next day, and he said, Johnny, can I use your crayon? Johnny said, you're not touching my crayon. Then he takes the crayon from Johnny. So he starts to condition himself based on what he's seeing outside. And we have to prepare our kids for that. That Okay, when you do go to school, you might have a kid that's going to be mean. Mm -hmm. yep. and, he, and we don't prepare him. So Sesame Street never taught us that. So we got to school. It was like, okay, what do I do now? And next thing you know, what, what do kids do? They're going to survive. They're going to figure out a way to do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they don't mm -hmm. care who says anything about it. So a lot of our kids that are in prisons, that are having kids out of wedlock, all these different things, because they're trying to survive. Okay. Yeah. They're trying to yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, did you have anything to say? I would love to share the seven godly parenting principles if you all would like to hear those. Okay. I think this would be a good time to say them. Okay. I've, I found these and I thought they were really impressive. Number one, love and honor God above all others. Number two, love your children as Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. Number three, be a faithful steward. Number four, do not provoke your children. Mm -hmm. Number five, teach God's word. Mm -hmm. Number six, train your children to follow Jesus. And number seven, be humble. And I thought that was a really impressive list. It is. Yeah, it no, is. Can you repeat number four? Number four was do not provoke your children. Okay. And that's can, important. Yeah, very important because it's a difference between training and yeah, torturing. I'm yes. glad you said that because I didn't want anybody that's listening at the show to think that, okay, they're telling me that I need to, because there's a scripture that says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. 
And so I'm glad that you're going to elaborate on that because even though they're going to discipline their child, then there is uh, so so much that you should not do. Go ahead and expound on that. One of the things that I use myself and I teach moms and even fathers, if I'm angry, mm -hmm. I shouldn't discipline my child. You should not. I shouldn't. If Okay. I look at two things. Am I disciplining them because excuse my language, they piss me off. Okay. Or am I disciplining them because this is what's going to help them be successful? I have to look at those two. Now, if it goes to the area where I say, okay, you have made me angry, I need to step back for a second. And I like what you, you just said, which is so important. Yes. That's, that, that's a tool yeah. that you just gave. Am I disciplining them so that they can be successful? So basically what you're saying is that whatever you're doing, in the discipline, if it's going to make them a better person, yeah. then then it's time to do it. Am I correct? That's correct. And so what happens is, what I do is I say, and, it, and I'm gonna be honest with you, we're all human, and kids do some things. We yeah. do some things that, in the heat of the moment, yes. I just want to shake you, but that is my emotion, and I have to say, okay, I'm upset. I feel like you disrespected me. However, the bigger picture is this is something that you've done to me that if you do in the world, it's going to set you up for failure and you're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, and we are, and I, I'll be honest with you, I have five kids. I have two boys, one in the Army, one at home, and a set of uh, girl twins. Oh, wow. And then a younger that's 14. Wow. So we have five kids, me and my wife. And so my twins are in college. They're 20 years old. They're about to go to Texas Southern. Shout out to Texas Southern. And so... Um, uh, and you can shout out to your kids and your wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good deal. I shot them out in just a second. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, my wife, Brooklyn Choice. My daughters, Kaylee, Kyra, and Christiana, and Nicholas, and Ashton. My son, uh, Nicholas, is in South Korea right now. He's in the Army. Okay. And so, um, but um, one of the things uh, that, that I try to do is, okay, this is going to be successful for my child. If I am so angry because I feel like it's disrespectful to me, I step back. Okay. I st now, what I was about to say is, that's not easy to do mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment. Right. And I have dropped the ball several times. Right. I'm not going to lie to you. One of the things we're talking about parenting, let's talk to the parents. You're all going to make mistakes. Don't beat yourself over the head. Just try to come back and be better with parenting your child. Right. A lot of times we shoot ourselves in the foot and say, okay, I shouldn't have did this. And, get, and then also that can lead to depression, which we talked about depression. And with parents. And then you can't even um, really parent your child because you're beating yourself over a bad decision or mistake that you made with your child. And so that's not healthy for your child. Mm -hmm. Your child actually needs to see us make mistakes, but they need to see us bounce back from those mistakes. That's part of the foundation. Okay. I remember my mom went through this. My mom went through the same thing. My dad went through the same thing. And they did they this. made it. And so, therefore, it's an I, example. We lead yes. by example. Yes. And they have to understand that people do make mistakes. Yes. Sometimes people are wrong, yeah. and you, you have to figure that out yeah. and work with it. Yeah. And that's that transition part is that we have to teach our kids when they make mistakes and when life does not go their way, Yes. how do you deal with it? You know, a lot of people call this generation um, the entitled generation. And I will have to say this. I love this generation, uh, the millennials and the, I think it's Generation Z, but they do have this sense of entitlement that – if you don't do it my way, then it shouldn't happen. And that is so unhealthy. Yes. That yes. is extremely unhealthy. You and build narcissistic and mm -hmm. very selfish children when they say, okay, if this doesn't go my way, then this is not going to happen. 
and that's not the way to go. You know, I work with a lot of adults that have that same mentality, <laughs> yeah. so I know where it comes from. <laughs> Narcissism, yes. And what I want to make really clear, because this show is about saving lives. Yes. It's about trying to keep kids from committing suicide. It's about trying to give the parents the tools, yeah. if they don't have the tools, yes. to actually raise their kids to be successful and have good mental health. Yes. So one of the things that I want to point out is that when it comes to uh, disciplining your child, I hear and I've actually experienced uh, where uh, the kid's dad, he would, he did not, when the kids were younger, he said he loved them so much that he didn't want to whip them. He didn't want to discipline them. And, you know, I hear this all the time. And I know that in this day and in this time, we have, we have different ways that parents, some do time out. Some, uh, they actually get the rod. They don't spare the rod. They use the rod. So what I want to ask you is that to the, say something to the parents that do not. Because it says that a child left to itself yeah. is a shame to the, to the mother, to the parents. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to a parent that says, you know what? I just don't want to whoop Johnny. I just don't want to whoop Cindy, because you know they're so little. What what would you say to them? I would say um, it's not a cookie cutter way to raise kids. We right. all have different methods, and I would say that if if something that you're considering, um, if you're saying that you know I don't want to spank, I do want to spank. Just make sure that you're consistent with talking with your kid, because I don't care if you spank them and you don't talk to them, that doesn't do any good. If you are talking to them. Um, you don't instill rules and regulations in them, it still doesn't do any good. And so I would say on both ends of it, as long as you're being consistent and persistent with speaking with that child and giving consequences, those consequences might not be physical. Now, that's physical. good. Consequences. Those consequences might not be physical. And those consequences could be physical. They could be um, somewhat uh, social, socially. However, you have to be consistent with it. Now, why do you need to have consequences? Because in the world, we have consequences. If I speed down the road, and the police officer catches me, I'm going to get a ticket. Right. If I come to work late, my boss is going to say, okay, um, you've been late. If you do it again, you might get fired. If I am not diligent on my job and I get fired, I lose my job, then I can't pay my bills. And so what you're doing is you're setting your child up for what life is. You're teaching them what life is. And so that's the foundation. So therefore, I'm going to be consistent and persistent with giving you rules and regulations. Not because I hate you. Because we've all been kids before. Oh, mom don't like me. She doing No, no. I'm trying to make sure you're going to be successful because in life, you got a lot of things happening, and one of the things you don't get to pick is your consequences. And this is the thing. <laughs> if you do not train your kids at home, then when they get into the world, yeah. they are going to be trained by an employer yeah. because if they're not on time when they're supposed to be at work or if they keep missing work, yes. uh, the world is going to train them. Yeah. And so the other thing I want to stress is that we – Parents, we are the kids' first examples. That is so, so important when it comes to the foundation. Am yeah. I right or wrong? That's true. That's we're, true. We're, we're their first example. And so we need to make sure that what we, because you, you spoke about the eye gate and the ear gate. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that what they are seeing mm -hmm. is positive, mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that what they're hearing is something that's going to be helpful to them. Yes. 
So talk about that a little bit. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, the things in your house are healthy. Now, as a kid, uh, and I date myself, I like to say, I'm going to tell the truth, shame the devil. Uh, I grew up in a house with my dad. It was, it was blues music and Christian music and jazz. Mm-hmm. Now, me, I grew up in hip-hop era. Now, even though my dad didn't listen to that stuff, I did dabble in it. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't able to control that part of it because when I went to school and I had my headphones, I yeah. went around. I couldn't do it at home. Right. But once I got out of the house, I could do it. Now, I don't, the reason why I'm explaining it because I don't want someone to beat themselves up and say, well, man, I'm doing everything I can. My son listening to all this and watching all that. That's fine. It is. You train them up in the way they should go. When they're old, yep. they will not depart from it. When they get older. Mm-hmm. Right now, it, it didn't say nothing about the middle. It really didn't. Because God knew it was going to be some problem, like the prodigal, like the prodigal son. <laughs> he wound up coming to himself, but look he at the middle. The beginning of his life, he's with his dad. In the middle, he said, I don't want to do this no more. I want my share. And you know what I'm saying? Then at the end, what did he do? He come back. And so mm-hmm. what happened, this is what I tell parents when it, when it comes to parenting. Do remember this. You're like a plane. As parents, we're in our 30s, 40s, and 50s, 60s. Our plane is leveling out. Mm-hmm. But our kids are just now getting off the runway. And our plane is doing like this. And so we try to put our emotions and our mindset on our kids, it doesn't work mm-hmm. because their plane is not steady yet. Mm-hmm. And so you have to give them that information for the day when their plane does become steady. But right now I'm a kid, puberty, oh man, I'm, I'm looking at girls, I'm looking at boys, I got all these distractions, I want to look nice, you know all the stuff you go through, am, yes. I, am I too fat, am I too skinny? We're at the state, we like, we don't care. Mm-hmm. We're leveled out, but the kids are not leveled out. Right. So I tell parents, come with that mindset when you're talking to a child and they're saying that they're being somewhat rebellious. Understand where they are in their life. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're putting information into your child and you're holding them accountable. Right. If you have to be accountable over and over and over again, do not be discouraged. Because what happens is you're still training that child. And when they get older, that's why I see a lot of moms crying at graduations and dads, tears, because they're looking at this kid that was breaking windows. Mm-hmm. And the kid, and you had to spank spank him over and over, and the next thing you know, he's a lawyer. Yes. But what happens is that middle part. Yes. You know, you probably was discouraged. So any parent that's listening, do not get discouraged. You just have to be consistent and persistent. I've seen kids go to prison, Mm -hmm. and the mom was like, I prayed. I put him in everything. That kid comes out of prison on fire Mm -hmm. and wound up preaching the word of God and stays out of prison for the rest of their life. Yes. We just, we can't control necessarily our kids' decisions. And that's one of the things I want to talk about. You can't control your kids' decisions. However, it is our job to instill in them the things that's going to make them successful from their decisions. And you said something that's very important. Mm -hmm. And I know it's important. Because uh, when I kept my grandson five years old, he wanted to talk. And he he said, you're talking to me. I like for you to talk to me. He likes for me to read him uh, Bible stories. And in, in the middle of the Bible stories, he stops me and he asks me questions. Mm-hmm. Well, what about this? You mean God made us? God made me? Yeah. And so you have said this over and over again. And what you have said is that you, you are, you're actually telling the parent to talk to the child. Yeah. Because sometimes... We are guilty, and we were guilty, and I probably was guilty, of when we raise our kids because we're working, yeah. uh, and especially if you have four or five kids and you're trying to spread yourself out, and maybe you have something that you have to do to prepare for work before you go back to work, and you got to get these kids' school clothes yeah. ready, 
and you got to get their lunch ready and maybe you feel like that okay i'm doing everything i need to do but you're missing that one thing and that is if you can just have that little conversation with that little bitty person it will mean so much to them if you can just say okay so Susie, how was your day what happened with you because they want to talk and not only do they want to talk they have questions yeah. am i right right or wrong you're right about that one of the things i tell people you have like different stages adolescent stage toddler stage adolescent some was probably come with the uh, most not challenging stage for me it was when they became teenagers now, when you talk about adolescents, I know what it is. Give an age range uh, so people will know. Four, we're talking about toddlers and um, infants, toddlers, and adolescents. So I say from from uh, being an infant all the way to like age nine. Okay. Um, I start to see different, especially in girls, girls being more mature than boys. But then you start to see that somewhat I want to identify who I am. So mm -hmm. they kind of pull back, which is normal. Right. Okay, this is when they start shutting the door. Dad, why are you coming to my room? You know, that type of deal. You know, want yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and so they, they listen to me. They want to be, and they're, they're trying to form who they are, which is normal. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's normal for you to say, okay, I'm going to let you just do what you want to. Right. I'll give you an example. And um, the Columbine kids that did that killing years ago in Colorado, those kids were in the back of their parents' garage and they made pipe bombs for months. They planned this stuff for months. Had the parents said, let me go back here and see this. Because they said the stuff was in all of the materials and things they were using. They just left them alone. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when your kids are a certain age, they want to push back and they, they want some isolation. But you still need to be able to check in and say, okay, what's going on with you? How are you doing? Even if it is irritating them. We can't just leave them. Like I said, a child left himself is danger to himself. So um, I want to make sure parents understand that part of it. But uh, understand that they're going to start pushing back around 9 and 10 because they're trying to find out who they are. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find out who they are. So, what were you going to say? This would be a good time to uh, go ahead get, get this out. We, we like to, during each show, we like to get the suicide lifeline out there for anybody who might be going through a difficult time, really struggling with something right now, or they're right on the edge and they don't know who to talk to. There's always someone at the other end of the phone. And the number is 800 273-8255. Please call if you need help. Yes. And that's a good point because um, one one um, statistics I like to put out there is that every 100 minutes a child commits suicide. Are you serious? Every 100 minutes. So that means that we're going to be on this show for 60 minutes and then 40 more minutes after that. Wow. A kid's going to commit suicide. My God. And the highest ages um, that has the highest rate of suicide is 15 to 24. 15 to 24. 15 to 24. And they they say, I've heard that during COVID, it yes. really increased. Is it, that correct? That's, that is correct. Um, a lot of kids were isolated. Mm -hmm. uh, some kids were in situations at home that school was an escape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. There was so much damage at home that school was an escape and that kid was able to cope in some situations. Right. So staying at home was like, okay, I got to deal with this 100% of the time. Then wow. you had other cases just being by themselves and not being with their friends and not understanding. I want you guys to think about it. I'm like, so I'm 48 years old. Think about if we had to stay home and could not leave at our age, at their age, what that would have done to us psychologically. We couldn't go outside and play with none of our friends. Been climbing the walls, you know what I'm right saying? Now. And our parents probably wouldn't have been able to deal with that either. Well, you well, saw it on the isolated <laughs> too. You yeah. saw it on the news yeah. that parents, they talked about parents that had to stay at home with their kids, mm -hmm. that they were having difficult times 
being with their kids, mm. staying at home with their kids because they were used to sending yeah. them off yeah. to school yeah. or whatever, and they were used to going to work. Yeah. And so they were de dealing with mental yeah. illness or uh, mental problems. Stress. Yeah, emotional, yeah. Yes. yes. Well, the, the sales of alcohol skyrocketed through yeah. COVID. That says a lot about what the parents were going Coping. through. And that's why, uh, and if you've just tuned into this show, we are talking about, we're still diving deeper on mental health, mental illness uh, in children, or it may be an adult that's uh, dealing with problems because of what they experienced when they were a child. And we're talking about how important it is for a child to have a good mental foundation. Yeah. And, Go ahead. Oh, that's good. And I wanted to uh, kind of segue in that. And I want to give you some, like, seven points. Okay, uh, good. The reason why um, kids need um, a healthy foundation. First off, it helps them navigate successfully of the complexities of life, all the transitions. Number two, help them understand to develop fulfilling relationships. These are what young people need to be healthy. Understand how to adapt to change. Utilize appropriate coping mechanisms achieve well-being without discrimination realize their potential understand how to get their needs met in a positive way and develop skills that help them navigate through different environments they inhabit that's what a foundation does for a child they need these things to be these things excuse me to be successful in life okay. to be able to transition to be okay i'm elementary now i'm in middle school it's another transition middle school to high school another transition now Grandma might die. Mm -hmm. Another trend is mm -hmm. mom or dad might get sick. Mm -hmm. They might get a divorce. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, now I graduate from high school. I go to high school. I go to college. All types of different religions and cultures and all types of stuff out there. You got military Mil parents. Yeah, You've so got so many different aspects. One thing that's true. Two things that's true about life: transitions and death. True. Yeah. Your Can't get around your life it. is always transitioning, always. and you're always dealing with a death. Yes. Today, I had a young man that's in our program. His mom was faithful to our program. She was 35 years old. Um, she died in her sleep last week. So I had to go to a funeral early, and he's nine years old. Oh, my goodness. And he's the one that found his mother. Oh, my goodness. Now, That's the worst. I lost my mom when I was seven, and I would say he's going through a transition. So what we have to do now is be there for him and continue on that foundation to, um, to help him understand. And because a child like that, why is this happening to me? Um, other kids got their parents. Yeah, well, they my don't mom, understand. Especially, especially mom. Yes. Mom, you know, dad, you know, we can be, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Dad, okay, I love you. Something about but mom. When, when mom, when mom's, okay, this is the person that, that held it down for me, like yeah. the kids say. This is the person that was there for me. And so now we're in a position that we're going to have to, uh, like we've been doing, in uh, training him to understand transitions. But also, too, understand that he's going to have outbursts. He's going to be angry. He's going to be hurt. When we try to say, oh, you don't need to be doing this, you don't need to be doing that, that pain that he's feeling, we have to be able to help him to get through that. So when he says that, he has the outburst, mm -hmm. and he shows that he's angry, he shows that he's hurting, mm -hmm. what would be your comeback on that? What would you say? What would be your response to him? Outbursts. Mm -hmm. First, I have to control the outbursts because what I would tell him is that we're going to talk. But my main thing is I don't want you to put yourself in a position to where you lose everything that you're trying to earn. We'll sit down and talk with him. And then we'll have to be consistently, okay, uh, we have to be consistently 
um, talking to him um, on a daily basis mm -hmm. or weekly basis, whatever it is. And understand it's not a magic hat. It's going to take some time. And I'm really trying to help some parents. Yeah. When you say we have to consistently talk to him, mm -hmm. what are you saying to him? When you're talking to your child, you're allowing them to express how they feel. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also, too, um, when you're allowing them to talk, you're allowing them to express themselves in a positive way because they're going to get it out. Vent. Some type of way. Right. If you're not going to let me talk, then I'll tear up these books and cause my teacher problems. Um, but one of the ways that you, you sit down and talk with them and say, okay, son, this, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. And just allow them to have a conversation. To get it out. That's it. Now, you might not like what you hear. Well, there are normal steps yeah. to grieving a yeah. loss that people go through. Yeah. And anger is one of those yeah. steps. There's multiple steps that people go yeah. through, and that's not unusual. You just want, you're just saying teach them not to let it get out of control. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes it might even get out of control before it gets better. My mm -hmm. dad used to say it got to get bad, it got to get worse before it gets better. Um, and then also, too, if me and you, if, if we lost a loved one, our way of dealing with grieving is going to be different from a nine-year-old. Of course. If we try to put our mindset of grieving on a nine-year-old, we set him up for failure. We set them up for failure. So I would okay. say make sure you consistently talk. When I say consistently, daily basis, seeing how the day is, reassuring them, letting them know through deed and through action that you love them. And that means a lot to kids. Now, you might not see the fruit of that immediately. Mm -hmm. We want the fruit real quick. I right. want to be able to say something, and he's going to be like, oh, thank you. Okay, you're right. No, mm -hmm. you might that, that seed might be planted at nine. And then you're crying at the graduation at 22. <laughs> but you know that, yeah. that what you're doing, that, that counseling that you're doing yeah. is kind of taking the spot of the person that they lost. That yeah. That's the person they used mm -hmm. to talk to. So you're trying to fill that gap until yeah. they get a handle on it and, and can move past it. Yeah. And, and one of the things we do at Whole Form and to talk about the foundation is to let them know that we love them. Um, your decisions have consequences and to reassure them and to and that's how we build them up we build them up in each stage of their life and we walk with them through every transition of their life we've I had kids i'm sorry we had kids that come with us at five mm -hmm. and they were turned up to classroom at five at five they were turned oh, up yeah. then we have one kid we had a kid he was actually like seven years old <laughs> we were at his school every day mm. he's a senior now and he's an intern at Lockheed and has many engineering scholarships. Now, <laughs> now if you talk to his mom, uh -huh. from 7 to 10, she's like, okay, this is not going to work. We're trying everything. I don't want this kid anymore. Yeah, and, and now you look at her now, every time she looks at him, she just tear up. Aww. Because now, after that foundation, that consistency. Now, with Whole Form, by her allowing us and bringing him consistently to us, mm -hmm. and us, uh, her uh, uh, helping us, uh, allowing us to help him, we see the fruit of it. Inconsistency mm -hmm. hurts everybody. So the most important thing is if you are having a hard time, mm -hmm. reach out and ask for help. Yes. And do you have a, a number or a contact that they, they can contact you for the people that are listening? Yeah, well, if you can contact me with Whole Form, but like I say, to qualify for our program, is um, the kids that are in our program, it's an all-male program, and they have to come from single-parent homes that's headed off by the um, female being head of household. And if this is something that you would like to do, uh, my number is 817-926-9116. Um, 
Once again, number is 817-926-9116. My personal cell phone number is 918-710-6025. And then to just go look up Hope Farm, www.hopefarm, H-O-P-E-F-A-R-M.org, O-R-G. Okay, what I want you to do now is that those seven points, I want you to say them again, and I'm okay. going to repeat some of it afterwards. Okay. And then after that, I want to go deeper into your program. Okay. Good deal. Uh, those seven points, uh, we're talking about um, how to start a foundation for our kids and why we're starting a foundation is to help them navigate successfully, successfully through the complexities of life, to help them uh, understand and learn how to develop fulfilling relationships, very key, the fulfilling relationships. Uh, Talk about that for a minute. Relationships. Fulfi you said fulfilling relationships. And fulfilling, uh, to, to be sim to simplified, positive Okay. And one of the things is half the kids and half the people that you deal with, they will tell you a lot of their problems came through life from relationships, from wrong ones. A lot of us from wrong relationships. Right. Whether it's uh, social, domestic, uh, whatever it may be, is those wrong relationships. You know now, is that also, the, are you talking about children as well? Oh, yeah, most definitely children. And they talk about relationships. Yeah, we talk, we tell them all the time that, you know, that uh, the bad company, you know, corrupts good character. So uh, be, the people that you hang around, you know, my dad used to tell me, if you have four broke friends, you're the fifth one. Now, what, so, that, what does that say? What do, where does that saying come from? Bad company corrupts good. That's in the word of God. Yes. It's in the word of God. And we <coughs> teach them that. Now, as kids, and like I say, we try to bring ourselves back to a realistic level. We're going to want what we want, what we're going to want. However, we're still just laying the seed. Mm -hmm. um, I had a kid um, years ago when I was a principal um, that he learned the hard way that that statement is true and the people that he hung around he was around some friends that killed someone and he didn't do the killing but he was around them and didn't even know they were going to do it and he did um, I say a kid but we actually were close to the same age at the time but he did 27 years in prison mm. and the only reason why he got out he's supposed to get out the year 2027 mm -hmm. the crime committed was in 1997 the, the the wife of the deceased said he didn't do it give him grace and that's the only reason why the judge released him however he now speaks to kids about different things like that about that's how wonderful. he had no idea not he was not that type of kid right however i'm gonna hang with these dudes because they're cool right they got a little money right and all this stuff and um even though a young lady she's not here with us anymore but we used to tell her the same thing and she was dating a guy and he was in a gang and uh, she actually was one of my students years ago, and they were trying to kill him. Mm. And they shot on his side of the van 12 times. Every shot missed him, and eight of them hit her. Oh, my God. And she's no longer with us. And so I use a lot of those stories, unfortunately, to talk to our kids to let them know this, this, this holds to be true. Right. And you want to make sure. And so what, I'm, what I want to tell parents uh, uh, here today, continue laying the seed. You might not see the fruit of it immediately. But as time go along, as long as you keep laying the seed. I got excited. So, <laughs> so if you have parents today that say, okay, I want to start tomorrow. This sounds good. I want to get my child on the right track. What is the first thing with, that you would tell them to do? If, if you want to get your child on the right track, and first, I guess, as a parent, the first step is admitting that you weren't doing it right. Okay. And that's hard for us. Admit to the child. 
No, no, I said ourselves. No, okay. You're not tell the no, don't, don't tell the child. No, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. I need to go do something different. Next step is when you have done something for so long. Yes, it's hard to change. It's like a person that tries to lose weight. If you've been eating fried chicken and biscuits every day, and all of a sudden you wanted a salad, it's not gonna happen overnight. And our parents get frustrated in that process. Right. Let me change some things. Mm-hmm. And. It doesn't happen immediately. I'm okay. doing everything. I'm praying and Lord, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm throwing the oil on his bed every night when he sleeps. <laughs> he's waking up with face all greasy and everything. And he's still worse than what he's doing. So I've heard all this stuff. And so I said, well, you, you, you're just planning. So you want to start immediately. However, I'm going to be honest with you. If you've been letting your child stay up every night looking at Netflix, mm-hmm. He's gonna, she, he or she is gonna buck you when you come in the next day and say, "Oh, you going to bed at ten? What? Okay. Especially depends on what age they are. Right. Like nine or ten. Right. What you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're gonna fight you. And right. And you're gonna get frustrated. However, you're gonna have to be consistent. Yes. That the persistent and consistent is is so key. Okay. It's so key, and so they have to start being consistent and understand you're undoing what you did. Right. Remember the old saying, slow and steady wins the race. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Truth and that's that. what training comes in. Training yeah. means that you're going to do something over mm-hmm. and over, over. and right. over yeah. and over again. The Bible even, even talks about that. Yeah. You're not going to just do it one time. You're just going to continue. And then uh, train means to, yeah. to, to guide and yes. to teach. And when you guide someone, that means that you're actually showing them the way. And... I want to speak to parent. I want to speak to the part where we may tell our child one thing, but then we do something opposite, and then they're looking at you. Yeah. Um, when I grew up, it was this thing. Well, not my dad, but I remember I had a lot of aunts that do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. That doesn't work for this, these kids. Nope. Because it's very hypocritical, and mm-hmm. they'll even tell you that later on in life. They'll call you. Yeah, out. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I give you an example um, when I actually lost eighty pounds, and um, I remember when I was trying to lose weight years ago that I was drinking a lot of soda and one of my kids um, got in trouble at this high school. And um, I said, man, you got to be consistent. You got to be, you got to be a man of your word. You know what he said? What? He said, well, you told us you was trying to lose weight and look at all those sodas in your trash can. Wow. And I just looked at him and then, wow. I, then I suspended him. No, I'm joking with you. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is he was watching what I was doing. Yes. He was yes. watching what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we have to be consistent. So what happens is now with parenting, Parenting will make you become a better person yes. or a worse one. Yes. I'm telling you the reason why better, because now you know you got to live what you're saying. Because they're looking at you, and they'll or, call you or out. Or you're going to say, whatever, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You're going to go one way or the other. And so God is such a such a uh, architect in what he's doing and engineering what he's doing. He said, I understand that by them having kids, they're going to have to live something. Mm-hmm. I tell somebody, they say, I, I don't pray. I say, it's because you ain't had kids yet. <laughs> well, I can tell you, my daughter's in her 40s, and she still calls me out on yeah. some things yeah. from a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you just got to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's what I would say. Yeah. And so what I want, would like for you to do now <laughs> is to actually talk about, I, I would like for you to give a, uh, an example of how when you get a kid to come to your program, okay. how the process goes, how they start from uh first base and then go all the way until they are a different person because I like the fact that you said that you all build me- young yeah. men you yeah. be- build means yeah. something yeah you understand this um, when you say build it's levels to building yeah. yes 
It's like blocks. You have to build. Mm -hmm. Now, in building, you have a, you come to a point that sometimes you might find out that this is the wrong piece of wood, and you got to start that whole process All right at that level that you left over. Mm -hmm. So I got to replace that wood. So, okay, I'm building steel. Oh, mess that up. Let's go ahead and put another piece in there. And so that's how we're building in because so along the journey, mm -hmm. we're going to see things. There are transitions of life, things that we probably should have done different. And it's going to take some time to build. And so the process is, is that when parents are, when moms are interested in our program, um, they call us up. We do what we call the interview process. That's what you talked about earlier about talking about different traumas and different things that they went through. Right. Once we see this a good fit for them and us, mm -hmm. um, we'll allow that child in the program. Now, if you put a, a kid in our program, you have to come to a meeting once a month. The parent yeah. does. The parent Very does. Good. It's called a mom's resource center okay and they come over and we have different people come over and they talk about different resources talk about financial aid just things about life might have a guest speaker come in different women come in talk about sexual abuse and different things right so they're getting healthy also yes that's now, important if the mom does not want to commit to that the kid cannot be in our program now i said why is that because if she's not emulating what we're doing exactly. what we're doing is futile mm-hmm yes. Exactly. It is. Because what you're doing is putting that child back in that same environment that you're yeah. trying to change him from. And, uh, and I've had parents tell me, moms tell me, my son told me, uh, Mr. Mario, Mr. my assistant director named Andrew Jones, shout out to Andrew, um, said that we should probably be reading our word and meditating on it. And then the mom will say, oh, I guess I got to read my word now because you done told them this now. And so what happens is, in a sense, That's our kids wonderful. are even holding our, our moms accountable. Yes. And we've seen moms that have went back to school that have, have uh, kicked different boyfriends out the house because of this program. That's wonderful. And so we've used the child as a foundation need to help to even help mom. And so once they get into the program, we'll say kids in the first grade. Um, it's an after school program from three to six, Monday through Friday. But we're more than that. What happens is we have different people on our campus. I'm the LDP director, I have academic uh, mentors and coordinators. And what happens is we have like so many kids on our caseload. So we'll say a kid named Johnny. Johnny's in the third grade, he's at school, he's having problems. Mom can't go because she's working. Guess who goes? We go. Wow. We go to the school. That's awesome. And we sit down with the principal. And we talk to him, and that kid understands that. And after a while, they know, even <laughs> the principal told me, he said, you know what? I used to have problems with this kid until I said, I'm going to call a whole phone. They'd be like, wait, no, that's okay. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we're going up to threaten them, but we know we're going to hold them accountable. Yes. And so um, so they'll come to our program three to six. We do things on the weekend. They, they do community service. Uh, we have guest speakers. This past um, spring, we took five boys to Aspen, Colorado. Mm. They learn how to ski. This summer we were supposed to go to Egypt with five of the, with two of the boys. Awesome. But what, so what happens with that? We're exposing them. We have firemen. We have police officers. We have lawyers. We have doctors. We have teachers. We expose them to everything possible. Plumbers, whatever it might be. Colleges. We did a HBCU college tour with uh, four of our high school students this past spring. So awesome. we do a lot of exposure. Good. Then when they when they graduate, we make sure they get a scholarship. Each one of them get a scholarship. And we follow that child from the time they go to college and the time they finish. Now, suppose he goes to the military. We still follow him for the next four years. Suppose awesome. this kid says, I'm going to be a plumber, I'm going to be a barber. We follow that kid for the next four years. That's fantastic. And, so, and even on our program, we have young men that were in our program that came back and now work for us. That is awesome. So That is awesome. Now, what about the, I heard you mention a little about uh, financial aid. Is this something that is covered by, like, 
insurance, medical insurance as well, these programs, or is this something totally different? Totally different. Um, ours is definitely uh, sponsor-based um, from donors because we're a Christian organization, so it's not a lot of federal money and stuff, you know, because okay. Christian. So, and it's been working. And so what happens is we have so many donors give so much money for our kids to have scholarships. Yeah. Well, we are about down to our last five <laughs> minutes. This has been awesome. I mean, we have uh, gained a wealth of information from uh, Mr. Mario, and we not only hope, we pray that you'll come back. Yeah. Um, and we want to actually uh, make sure that when our Facebook page, our official Facebook page goes up and our website, with you guys' permission, we're going to make sure that your information is on there. And also, I would like to get some a form or some literature about points that parents can follow okay. when it comes to building a firm, good, solid, emotional foundation for their child. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I raised my children, I just didn't know. I know I needed to be a good parent, and fortunate, fortunately enough, I was in the church, but a lot of parents are not in the church. Yeah. And then if you don't know anything about the Bible, you don't, you don't know that we are born into an evil world and that if we don't do something to go against what we were born in to replace that and start to nurture the goodness that's in us. Because the Bible talks about that when, he, when, when God destroyed the world and started over with Noah. What did he, why, why did he do that? Yeah. Because he said that man's heart was so evil. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm just so excited. Oh. Go ahead. No, I just said awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so excited about this. And so um, we have really, really gained a lot of information from you. Uh, again, if you will go ahead and give out uh, the name of your organization again and your phone number so that if somebody wants to contact you in regards to their child. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, once again, that's a Hope Form, H-O-P-E-F-A-R-M. Um, that's www.hopeform.org, and you can reach me at 817-926-9116, or you can call me at 918-710-6025. And my name is Mario Choice. I am the LDP director. Now, also, too, very quickly, we have two other campuses, one in West Fort Worth and one in Dallas, and we plan on expanding to possibly Waco. Wow. And so we want to build these all around. And so the main campus is the main campus I'm at, which is in Southside Fort Worth. And then we have one in West Fort Worth and one in Dallas now. And I think it's so important as I sit here and think about what they're doing because it's a lot of negative statistics yeah. about dads being missing in homes. Yeah. And I know <laughs> the young men that you guys are raising and mentoring, I should say, mentoring, I feel like they are going to turn out to be good dads that will raise their family. So the statistics are just going to get better as far as my opinion and what I can see from what you guys are doing. One of my futuristic goals is to be do such a good job that whole form has to change its old platform because we have no 
kid, we have kids that are that we raise up that they're taking care of their families. And yes. Now, there's no there's no kid that can come to us and say, okay, my dad is not doing this, not doing this, because we've raised up such a generation that we have to change our platform. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and you guys are actually dealing with kids that have mental illness. So yes. this mental illness thing is is really really big. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to be discussing the foundation when we come back in two weeks. But uh, we do want to extend an invitation to Mr. Mario Choice if he wants to come back in two weeks. Uh, and we are going to go deeper when it talks about, when it comes to uh, mental illness. So we just want to thank the listening audience for tuning in today. Uh, our whole goal is to uh, save lives, to try to help some child, uh, help a parent with a child, or even help a parent deal with an issue that they may be dealing with because of what happened to them when they were a child. So thank you all for uh, listening in today. Ms. Jean Jones, do you have anything you want to say? Mr. Mario, anything else? Uh, nothing else. Nothing else. Thank you so all much. All right. Well, you guys have a blessed day, and thank you all for listening.